0: This is Strange Assembly, episode 248, Legend of the Five Rings Roleplaying. I'm Chris Stevenson, and here with me today is Jay Earl.
1: Hello!
0: And we're going to be talking today about the recently launched Legend of the Five Rings roleplaying game, from Fantasy Flight. This will be the fifth edition of Legend of the Five Rings. But before we get into the chatter, we've got uh, our usual spiel and a a little announcement. So the first little announcement is note that I have... I I know this is not Legend of the Five Rings, but you people may like it anyway, because it's a really cool book. I have a copy of the Dungeons & Dragons Art & Arcana, a visual history book with Larry Elmore's iconic... Red Dragon artwork on the cover, and this is a giveaway for Strange Assembly. If you go to our website in the near future, you'll see a review of the book there, but the giveaway does not require you to have looked at the website, but what it does require you to have done is, is one of two things. First, you can leave the podcast a review on iTunes, and then Send me an email letting me know that you left a review for the podcast on iTunes. I'm chris at strangeassembly.com. If you left a review at some time in the past, that counts. That's good enough. But you still need to send me an email to let me know, hey, I left this review on this date. uh, And please uh, send me an email and let me know about that. Or, Or if you are a supporter of Strange Assembly on Patreon, that also automatically gets you in, whether or not you've left an iTunes review. I guess it would make sense if you've done both; you get two entries, yeah. right? That seems yeah. double double dip. That Do seems both. fair. Double double dip yeah. away. No particular um, level of support is required. Just you know, be on there as a a backer, and this will wrap up on December first. So I will. On December 1st, check at everyone who is a backer on Patreon and I will check at everyone who has notified me of an iTunes review that they have left and then I will randomly determine that and mail this gorgeous piece of Dungeons & Dragons history to you as long as you don't live in a country that makes this illegal in some way.
1: Always important, yes.
0: I should probably look into that before I have these... uh, Eh. things. I could also just say you have to be in the United States, but that feels like a weird thing to just tuck in here back at the end.
1: Yeah. We'll figure it out if somebody non-American wins.
0: We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yay. Okay. So, again, that's leave us a review on iTunes or back us on Patreon. And that will give you a chance to win the Dungeons & Dragons Art & Arcana A Visual History in addition to that let me give the usual spiel of reminding you that you can visit us at strangeassembly.com you can follow us on twitter we're at strangeassembly and you can hit us on facebook where we are facebook.com slash strangeassembly and we're also strangeassembly on on patreon we should probably mention that too if we're asking you to go there
1: nah they'll figure it out
0: they they will because it's not hard to search for (laughs) strangeassembly pretty sure we're the only one but our main topic today is the new Fantasy Flight version of Legend of the Five Rings role-playing, and I do have to, I always want to say Legend of the Five Rings role-playing game, but I guess technically it's just Legend of the Five Rings role-playing. It stops. This is no
1: game, Chris.
0: <laughs> this is
1: serious.
0: It serious is Serious
1: magical samurai business. Well, it's still role-playing,
0: <laughs> so it's probably not too serious
1: nope very serious
0: yes so the beginner game uh for this came out at gen con and then uh, in the last few weeks the core rule book came out as well as the gm kit and so we're mostly going to talk about the core rulebook because that's really almost everything that we have right now but you know, we th- there's not going to be like separate episodes talking about the beginner game of the GM kit, okay? Although there are separate reviews of all three of these products, again on the website if you want more detail. So probably if you're listening to this podcast given our history with Legend of the Five Rings, there's a good chance that you are already aware of what Legend of the Five Rings is. Legend of the Five Rings and Rokugan as a concept, but in case anyone is listening who has no idea what Legend of the Five Rings is. Why don't you give the elevator pitch, Jay?
1: Sure. Uh, So I like to think of it as it's the fantasy D&D. If D&D is King Arthur, L5R is that for japan for samurai you've got you know it's mostly samurai people wandering around but you've also got crazy monks and you've got more eastern mysticism rather than wizards throwing fireballs but that's what it is is it's it's fantasy set in a very asian themed setting it also there are certain things there are it's obvious when this was first done it was more done based off of, like, samurai movies. You've got a lot of influence from Kurosawa movies going in there to sort of set up your setting.
0: There are indeed within Rokugan equivalents of Masashi and Sun Tzu, and it is primarily drawn on Japanese history and mythology, but there's also other... East at even Central Asian, I mean, there's definitely things that are, quote unquote, you know, Chinese or, you know, Chinese-ish or Thai. Like, the Unicorn Clan is kind of Mongolian, so that's why I, I say Central Asia.
1: Yeah, and when you start getting into some of the deeper cuts of the lore, there are occasionally some like, Indian pulls in there too, so.
0: Yeah, and so in Legend of the Five Rings, like you said, you're Almost always samurai. Your primarily characters are either Bushi, which is your typical, you know, what you'd picture as a warrior samurai. You could be a, a courtier, so you're a more politically minded character. Or you can be a Shugenja, which is they're the magic users, but they are a priest cast, right? They are yeah. priests, they are not wizards. Even if they are throwing a you know, the Rokugan equivalent of a fireball, it's not, I am the mighty wizard, here is my power, it's, you know, I'm performing a ritual and beseeching the kami and sacrificing this and placating them in this way.
1: Right, and I th- I think that's one of the big changes is some of the older editions, the Shugenja felt a lot more wizardy, firebally, fireball-y, whereas this is coming back more to the, they are the priest, they are the, beseeching the kami... For what they want to have happen yes it's magic but it's not their magic they're calling in favors
0: so again, like I said it's think of it as like a pseudo Japan it has a divine emperor and it has seven great clans uh, and if you're just talking about the core book then your character is going to be a member of one of those seven great clans whom while they ultimately owe fealty to the emperor, there is an awful lot of inter rivalry and conflict. It's rare that they're in you know, a state of open war, although that happens too, mm. uh, but it's not at all uncommon for there to be more limited military conflicts and constant political conflicts between the different clans. So in the sort of quote-unquote real world of Rokugan, probably most groups of samurai are all from the same clan, but... In the game, that's usually not going to be the case. Usually, everyone's going to be a different clan, or there will be at least a few different clans represented. And the way that that often ends up working out is that your characters have some sort of imperial mandate where they're supposed to be out doing something. And so that gives the characters a reason why you've got people from these disparate backgrounds together and why it is that your characters can actually move around Rokugun relatively freely. This isn't a part of the official character creation, but it's certainly the sort of thing where, right, you could do a session zero if you want. The traditional start for L5R is really is a, your characters start out not knowing each other and then get thrown together. Right. And I have a lot of nostalgia for that, because there's a particular way that it's done through the Topaz Championship that's been done in every edition of L5R, and is done again in the beginner game for Legend of the Five Rings, but right, the whole session zero thing is a much more commonly ex- accepted practice in role playing, and you could absolutely do that if you wanted. If indeed, if you remember me talking about playing L5R, the RPG, at Gen Con, you weren't creating characters, but they you know, they handed you a character whose backstory That's then into the events that were going to unfold, so you always had some sort of of hook in there, and that you know is something probably to look at for this. But you know, that's kind of getting a little far uh, afield here. So you have these seven great clans, and what? So what are you going to do, right? Because you said this is like D and D, but in Japan instead of you know medieval Europe. But right. the non combat aspects of the setting are baked much more heavily into Legend of the Five Rings than they are into Dungeons and Dragons. In no small part because you're really always playing in Rokugan, right? You can kind of take a D&D game and do it anywhere. And you could technically do that with Legend of the Five Rings, but it's not really a thing I think that people do. So your character you know has honor and that is something that the game tracks their right. honor has a, and their has glory a boss,
1: too you you have a lord that you are serving uh unless you know if if you want to do the traditional d d band of murder hobos you're playing ronin at that point so
0: if you want to play murder hobos don't play legend of the five rings legend of the five rings does not do murder hobos your character yeah your character has a duty you have to actually figure out as part of character creation what your duty is and because this is trying to do samurai drama it is almost certainly going to be the case that there are going to be times that what your character thinks is right and what your character wants to do are not the things that their lord wants them to do Mm -hmm. and how do they grapple with that problem Rokugan has a very particular formalistic social setting because it is based on a you know, smorgasbord of of East Asian, especially cultures, it maintains the, that notion of the importance of own or face. And so there is a way that you are supposed to act. If you want to go be the drunken guy at the tavern, walking around like you might do after a and d adventure, that reflects badly on your character in a way that matters mm-hmm. because that sort of thing is frowned upon. Part of the mechanic that runs throughout this is... Right, is there's this actually this stress and composure mechanic, and so your character can become stressed enough by the situation that you either have to be compromised and relatively ineffective until some point in time when you can get yourself under control or are willing to unmask to openly display emotion because this is a culture that does not believe in openly displaying emotion, and so even when you're openly displaying emotion that we outside the game might consider positive, Mm -hmm. that is something that within the game, you know, could be a negative. Although there's probably a lot of ability to have your unmasking as it's called happen in ways that produce interesting story rather than just like I embarrass my character all the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what you want to do is this is an interesting story, not just up. I'm a fool and I lost some honor or glory i do want to say that i I did enjoy you know this book is beautiful on the section where it is talking about this about being compromised and and unmasking for it is a picture of two people kissing each other and the people in the background are shocked at how you know the pda involved there
0: yes indeed if you've played the the lcg that is the artwork for shameful display as makes sense, and honestly probably overall produces better artwork, given you know the budget, most of the artwork for this is also artwork that's sh- shared with the LCG. If you are a follower of Fantasy Flight, you will be very familiar with this from every other <laughs> thing that the fantasy games, <laughs> yeah <laughs> right, yeah we're like yes we're going to reuse the same arkham horror investigator art every time we use that investigator yeah whether it's in elder sign or eldritch horror or in mansions of madness
1: right, right. Yeah. <laughs> i i think at this point destiny is the only because it has such an art need it's the only one making new star wars art and you make it for destiny and pump it out to the rest of the games
0: that would make sense, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you just don't have that much new art that you need for, say, X Wing. Yeah, I mean, there's a few cards in each one of those expansions, but eh. well, especially since it, at this point, yeah, it's it's almost certainly somebody that they've made before. But this, I mean, there isn't the same saturation of art, but they've already they they inherited hundreds of pieces of art from Alderac Fantasy Flight did when they picked it up. But so. In the L5R RPG, the and this is basically this is the same as the L5R RPG has always been like the the activities that you can expect your characters to engage in while you know in between bouts of deciding whether or not to make out with that scorpion over there. <laughs> Pro tip: It's a trap. <laughs> yes, it's never, never the correct thing to do. But still, um, <laughs> no, even
1: when you think. It's a good idea. It turns out it's totally not a good idea.
0: It it's never a good no. idea. No, yeah. no, no. Uh, it's it's not. Uh, <laughs> investigation is is a very common thing. Sometimes that's going to be, you know, criminal investigation. That might be you're snooping around trying to find some samurai who's you know gotten himself lost in the the drug dens of a of a cruddy place that could be just a flat out crime. There can be supernatural things that work into here, right? Sometimes the mystery isn't, Oh, which person stabbed this other person? It's, you know, what is causing this funky supernatural thing to happen? And we have to figure out what the spiritual impurity is so it can be, and how to cleanse it. Yep. You should certainly expect to engage in social interactions and, and, in political interactions I mean that the, the social and political aspects are pretty saturated so even if you're not actively going into court that is the sort of thing you're going to do and you're also almost certainly going to be doing skirmish level combat you know your group of four or five characters against say a bunch of bandits or or those criminals that you have to fight at the end of your investigation when you figure out who the criminals are the game has rules for mass combat, but that's not really a thing that usually happens or if it happens it happens very rarely within the scope of the role-playing game. It's just it's not about being the commander of a legion fighting another legion.
1: Yeah. That's that's for when you really want to just accidentally kill a couple PCs for fun.
0: Uh yeah, no, that's what duels are for. Mm.
1: No, that's for when you intentionally want to kill at least one specific PC right now. <laughs> uh,
0: yes, yes. There's there's definitely a, a history in L5R of the whole, like, my entire player character is being able to win duels so I can try to force things on people.
1: Yep, yep. Looking at you, Wintercourt. Y-
0: yes, which unfortunately, if your GM is on their toes, has the problem of the GM can always make someone who's better than you. Yeah. Again, it, it's one of those social nuances, right? Are duels a way that people resolve disputes sometimes? Sure. Can you actually just force a duel anytime somebody disagrees with you and make them do whatever you want? No. No, you can't. No. <laughs> sometimes people don't get that. So the mechanically, the Fantasy Flight Legend of the Five Rings role-playing game uses a it feels to me like kind of a combination of the Genesis slash Star Wars system Mm -hmm. and the traditional L5R roll and keep because you are rolling two different kinds of dice one that represents your attribute and one that represents your skill and you know there's more than just did you succeed on the dice there's some other separate category of stuff going on in the case of L5R, it's that that stress, that strain that you're taking. Yep. And I'm now trying to remember which one's the L5R term and which one's the Star Wars term. <laughs> I
1: totally did not learn any of the terms either. <laughs> Strife. Strife is the. Um, Strife. There yeah. You
0: go. I, neither none of the above. Neither stress nor strain. No. Go yeah. me. But so you can see why I feel like these are. <laughs> Why these are similar sorts of things, but at the same time you also have the rule that roll and keep element to it, in that you you do indeed roll a larger pool of dice than are actually applied to what your final final roll is. And so when you're when you're rolling, there's of course successes on the dice, but there's also the strife, and it is possible that there are times when you will the dice that you want to choose to keep will be dices that are blank rather than a die that has a success and a strife on it.
1: Yes. Yeah, no, I I quite like that about the system. That, yeah, you actually, you're not, the old L5R, it was roll a bunch of dice, keep the best numbers, like 99% of the time, just keep the best numbers. You didn't even have to think. Whereas this, there actually is some interesting thought and play of, okay, do I keep an extra success that does have the strife tied to it? and do better, maybe even that's the difference between succeeding and failing at that check, but that strife is building up, and, you know, maybe if I take this, I'm also going to just lose my compassion, and or lose my... I've already blanked on... Become compromised, lose my face, and be stri- strifed out for a while, so...
0: Compromised is what you are when you're... Strife has exceeded your, you know, let's call it mental resistance stat, and you can clear your strife by unmasking, but you never have to. The game never forces you to do that, but while you are compromised, you are really ineffective. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: You do not want to be compromised for long. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's not forcing you directly, but it is very heavy stick to not unmask.
0: And now, the the big, and I think, real to me, really awesome, but the big, new, different thing that Fantasy Flight is doing mechanically with this is that your, quote-unquote, attribute, as I referred to them before, are the elemental rings, right? The legend of the five rings, that is, you know, Earth, Air, Fire, Water, Void. And you had a ring stat in prior editions of L5R, but you would... St- that ring stat was there as a composite of more traditional things like perception or strength. Those just aren't there at all in legend of the five rings. Your character has skills and then your character has rings. If you are making a check, you might be rolling, you know, fire plus command, but you're never rolling charisma or something like that. And each of these rings represents a a philosophy and an approach to doing things so you can potentially combine any ring with any skill to represent how it is that you're going about using that skill right like fire plus artisan is you know you know using fire to create something is a new and fresh creation using earth and the same skill might be preserving an existing work using air and the exact same skill might be making a forgery of the work.
1: I quite like that too, that you don't have the, oh, you swing your sword. Well, that's always strength that's doing it. It's like, oh, well, I can swing my sword very delicately. I can just, you know, bash over the head with my sword. I can use some finesse. I can flow.
0: Now, I suspect that once you get into combat, people are going to heavily favor whatever ring they're best at.
1: Well, yeah, no, it's uh, uh, very much like I, I suspect at the table most of it's going to be like, my fire is four, therefore I am going to do X in a fiery way and, you know, try to come up with a justification for it. But
0: it, Yes, yes. Now, in, in combat, that's pretty straightforward what those mean and what you want to do. In, in combat, it's also the biggest place where it matters what stance you're in because in combat you can't just always pick fire you have to be in the fire stance now you can choose to always be in the fire stance but that has a mechanical effect it, it lets you get extra successes when you're attacking but there are other stances that prevent you from getting strife and other stances that prevent people from exploiting opportunities on you and other stance that let you inflict strife that kind of thing And, again, people will will probably just tend to pick the one that they're best at, but, you know, if if your high stat is fire, that is aggression. If you want to switch to a more defensive stance because you've gotten yourself exposed, you can't roll fire anymore then. Now you have to be rolling earth plus whatever it is. And so you're in combat, your options are probably strongly going to be shaped by that, but I, I think the the place where the concern you're talking about, Jay, comes up, mm-hmm. and I think is a place where a GM definitely wants to pay attention is players you know, always wanting to say, well, I'm really good at fire, so whenever I interact with someone socially, I want to say, I'm, I am want to try to convince you, GM, that I should be allowed to roll fire. Yes. And you as a GM should not allow that, right? That is going to, I don't know, I, I think at least, I know there are some GMs who, are of the position you know kind of like let the players do their thing but I'm very glad if you look at the adventures especially like the the adventure that by by Rob Hobart that's in the GM kit that makes it very clear that there are times where like you're trying to command someone and if you're going to command them it's say a difficulty 2 if you're doing a water approach and it's a difficulty 4 if you're doing a fire approach It's not that you can't do that approach. It's just that trying to convince someone to do what you want by inciting emotion in them may not be nearly as effective as presenting a reasoned argument.
1: Right. Yelling at somebody, maybe they'll actually do what you want, but they're not going to be happy about it. And uh, yeah, they're going to drag their feet. Uh,
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it, it definitely takes some getting used to. Luckily, there is... A, a very convenient chart that kind of explains all these because the, the skills get grouped and so there's, you know, martial skills and then there's social skills and then there's artisan skills and there's trade skills, which is kind of everything else because, right, samurai aren't supposed to do trade. And each of those has five approaches which correspond to the rings, right, because using the fire ring has philosophical... Things in common from skill group to skill group, but still using fire ring to create art is not the same thing as using fire ring the fire ring to stab somebody with your katana.
1: I mean, if it is, you're doing some really weird art.
0: <laughs> there is, yes. Maybe you should be over in the vampire game. Then we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. probably, probably ne- next episode will probably be vampire. But uh, <laughs> you know, wait around for that one. Maybe there will be katanas in guts as a legitimate form of art. I. I'm not making that up. Um, no, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm thinking of, very, of a very specific passage indeed now in uh, in the Anarch book. It's not a katana, it's a car, but still.
1: Eh, car, cartana, whatever.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, it's a car with a katana in the front of it. But don't forget to wear your trench coat. <laughs> it just really brings a different way of doing things to the game. Like, it's not just another game where you have strength and dexterity. Like, right, because we've got that game, probably Mm -hmm. a couple of them, and they're really good at that. But this is about what's different about this. And so you've got these different approaches for the different things. That supremely useful chart is reprinted on the back of the Game Master's screen. I do wish the GM screen had more of these uses for opportunity, because did I mention that in addition to Strife, you can also get opportunity on the dice? Because that's how these things work. And they are custom dice. So I now have multiple sets of it. So I'm clearly okay with it. But I'll, I'll mention that because I know that there are some people who think that it is a sin unto God to <laughs> have custom dice for a game. Right. I, I get that. I get the idea of not wanting to buy more dice to go, along with the you know three-pound bag of dice you've already got at your house. I get that, but like I said, I have I kind of moved past my issues with that. I just have more dice now. It's, right. it's just how it is.
1: Plus, if you're really, really opposed to it, there is a table that converts numbers to dice faces, so you can just use D6s and D12s and call it a day.
0: There is, but that's really inconvenient.
1: Oh, it is, but if you are that perturbed about having custom dice there are workarounds
0: the dice come with the beginner game you can also separately buy a dice pack like i i said i both have the beginner game and separately have a dice pack because i have a problem
1: (laughs) i don't know yeah so,
0: so you've got enough dice so you've got more dice that you can put in the middle of the table so when you're when you're doing the beginner game with people who have not played and do not all have their own custom dice, there's a larger pile of them, mm-hmm. of dice out there for those people to grab. That you know, that's that's legitimate use. Because I certainly don't need to buy multiple copies of the beginner game. No. And, you know, I've got multiple dice packs for everything else. You know, I mean, I've got just a stack of their Star Wars dice. I, well, I still have more Star Wars dice, it, indeed, than I have L5R dice.
1: Well, yeah, because <laughs> you probably like me, bought each of the beginner games uh so that's what three or four dice sets that way plus that first time around you bought a separate dice set because you didn't know that they were gonna have three or four of them so yeah i think i probably got three or at least four different star wars dice sets kicking around
0: yeah when this is a little less tasking as well i believe that if you want to be a player at the table with your own dice and never need to use anyone else's dice and be able to do all of your rolls, I think you still just need the one dice pack.
1: Yeah. Whereas
0: with Star Wars that was not the case. No. Because Star Wars had four different kinds of dice. This only has two kinds of dice. It has a variety of different symbols on them, but there are not other kinds of dice, right? Because Star Wars has and has the... Like, your attribute dice and your skill dice and then your, like, separate bonuses and penalties dice. Yeah. It did not come with enough of each, so you had to have two Mm -hmm. (laughs) of them to, like, actually have your own pool of dice that would actually cover your rolls.
1: Yes. Without re-rolling, yes.
0: Yes. Which, you know, who wants to do that? Certainly not us snobbish people here.
1: No, certainly not. That's, you know... Of course, then uh, at Legion, I make a 10-12 dice die pool, and I'm like, "Eh, fine, I'll reroll some of these.
0: (laughs) Maybe we'll talk about that sometime. Legion Legion I have not done, Uh, although X-Wing also a game I never need more dice for again.
1: Well, no, not at this point, because how many starter sets? Even if you only bought one of each starter set and none of the dice packs, that's still at least like four sets of dice.
0: I think three. I think three? it was the original one, and then the Force Awakens one, and then second edition.
1: Okay. I could have sworn there was one more, but I'm probably making that up.
0: Since I've I've opened more than one of the original. Well, yes. And then also Force Awakens, and then the second edition now, and also at some point in there, there was a dice pack. Mm-hmm. I guess it's not so much that I've opened multiples of the original, it's that every time I do something like trade for a collection, there's another copy of the base set in there. Yeah. So, I I really did not need to buy I I guess sitting here now, I had no need to buy a dice pack but it was actually useful to buy a dice pack at the beginning because again, that lets you play with two people and each player have their own dice. Mm -hmm. But, probably not the point of this episode Uh, Mm. i think that's you write the high level everything if you're getting into it a little bit more like let's say that you are a longer time player and you have you're familiar with rokugen and you know what the the clans are so like i said earlier your your character creation options are the seven great clans in the core book you can download Mantis Clan if you want to. They are a minor clan in this version of Rokugan. Maybe they will become a great clan at some point, but right now they're a minor clan. In the GM's kit, there are rules for the Tortoise Clan. So there's the, the rules for the, the clan, and then the Kasuga family, and then the school, right? Because for every character, you get a benefit from your clan, and you get a benefit from your family, and you get a benefit from your school. The Tortoise Clan are what they were before. Although Minor Clans, again, are a little different. There's a Cat Clan. That's been established as canon. There's an 8th Fortune of the Great Fortunes. Instead of just 7, there's an 8th. There's just a whole mess of things, but I'm trying to think of some broader sorts of things that have like specifically come up in the role Killing book. Oh, so it's established in the GM kit that there is such a thing as same-sex marriage in Rokugan. So... That whole like that has to be kept on the down low is no longer a thing. Yeah. Although it's really still a thing of like the 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 classic samurai thing of like I'm in an arranged marriage, and because face is what is what matters, you can go have your dalliance on the side as long as it's not like a big public thing because then that's embarrassing.
1: Oh, it, it turns out that Shinjo is not one of the Kami. Did you know that?
0: I thought that was a dig. There's a sidebar, yeah. There's, so there's a story being told by Kachiko, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, Kachiko.
0: Yes, and so she talks about the kami and she leaves Shinjo out. But I presume that that is a... I, I, I take that as a deliberate slight because there's also a sidebar that establishes that there are indeed there were indeed ten kami. Yes, no. That's so totally the, the, the seven great Japan. clans and Fulang and Hante and Ryoshin. Because I would have thought that this was a good time to get rid of Reocean because he really didn't add anything whatsoever to the setting, but he's he's still there. Yeah. I don't remember if anybody knows that he exists, but he's still there. (laughs) Were there any other setting tweaks that you noticed that are new to this that were not something that we... Because we... I mean, there were some adjustments to the precise terms of Bushido, but I guess we got those in the beta so they don't really feel new anymore.
1: Yeah that's all that's really springing to my mind
0: so for character creation like i said normally you you pick your clan you pick your family uh you pick your school the game doesn't have any specific way to take an out of clan school it's really just like can you sucker your gm into this i think
1: (laughs) yeah basically
0: not that those characters don't exist in the story, but, you know, it's not really a thing. It's
1: it's a lot harder than just buying a six-point advantage or what have you from the older uh, it, games.
0: There's no direct equivalent of advantages and disadvantages that feels the same. Now yeah. there are things like the distinctions, right? Everybody ends up with an anxiety and a passion, and these have a kind of standardized mechanical effect and then a flavor effect and then and then a more flavorful mechanical effect that works in with that or it might not even be a mechanical effect it might be a a like a social thing like if you interact with this kind of person then they you know start more favorable to you or mm-hmm. or that you know that sort of thing some of those felt like they were definitely better than others in that some of them were going to come up very rarely and some of them would come up much more frequently if you wanted them to But that's, you know, kind of the nitty gritty that shall be saved for some other discussion here or on the website. Yeah, no. The game goes through and has you play 20 questions. I don't know, you can do that if you want. I personally don't really like that. I know the sorts of things that I need to create about my character. The point of the 20 questions is to force you to actually think about backstory if you weren't otherwise going to do that. Right. If if that's what you need, that's what you need. But think about backstory. <laughs> <You Right. know? laughs> to to
1: me, that's most helpful in a lay it out for you know an easy way to relay the information to the GM type situation. And yeah, to force you to really think through your background and your your who your character is and who you want them to be.
0: Yes, which is very important. You know, there there is definitely fighting in this, right? This is not uh right this is this is not uh monster hearts you know at the other <laughs> end of the spectrum but it it's also not a game that's just all about running around and hacking and slashing things you know it it uses things like the range bands that have been used in Star Wars and I'm in Genesis you know it has other mechanics that are distinctive to this there's lots of uses for opportunity in and out of combat so Like I said, that is not covered on the GM screen in the volume I would like. It would be nice, but there's a two-pager in the middle of the book, and I would strongly suggest that you have a player, like a double-sided player aid of some sort where you've got all these standardized uses of opportunity Mm -hmm. because they're really hard to remember all of them. Yeah, They just are.
1: That would be real a really good web uh, bonus thing, FFG, if you're listening, which you probably aren't. But just in case,
0: <laughs> and I already wasted my funny story about people in Minnesota on and on the Facebook post. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but yes, I suspect many more of them would have taken a read than will take a listen to this. So I guess bottom line, I do like what they have done with the system. I really, really like the use of the rings. I think that that is a fantastic mechanic to put in. As you may have picked up, I'm a bit more skeptical based on my experience with things like Star Wars about the tracking that's necessary for something like Opportunity, right? It it it's. I think it's lost a little bit of its pomposity <laughs> in this well right and when you write in star wars it was the narrative dice system and these other things like are ways for the gm to come up with clever new story things that like no they're not it was just a way for people to inflict strain and heal strain and it was a it, it's a pain to keep track of if the gm actually has to sit there and try to come up with some clever thing for what it represents When you succeed, but had a bunch of, you know, secondary negative results. It's something that like, well, it's not taking away your success, but what does it mean? It's like, oh, whatever, take strain. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's what it always was. Uh, And that's not really prevalent in here like this, right? The thing that's more like strain, strife, serves a really completely different function. And... You can use opportunity if you want to have something like, "Oh, I, I look really stylish while I'm doing it." But it's only ever enhancing. The GM never has to come up with the "Oh, you succeed," but yeah, because again, that that's as a GM, that is hard to calibrate. Hard to calibrate something that is a drawback, but doesn't feel like it's taking away the player's win. You succeeded on the roll. You succeed. Okay, let's let's just talk about that. Opportunity is like win more, right? So, and that way, you're right. The character is the one or the player is the one who gets to do that. They've got their chart of things that they can spend their opportunity on. You don't have to come up with it. And if they want to have, you know, some extra panache with their opportunity, they can pitch that to you. And you could be like, that's really, that's really great. Describe how your character does that. <laughs> or if you know you have a clever eye you can interject but it's it's much easier to get the players involved through something like opportunity than through something like and in what way does your character suck at this
1: yeah oh congratulations you figured out how to lock the door oh but it turns out that you blasted it and that was also the way to extend this bridge you need to cross so oops <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's you gonna do
1: guess you'll have to swing across luke
0: and now, like you mentioned, the the art is really excellent. I know this is a, a minor thing, but I love the bright red on the spine because it makes it really stand out from my other L5R books, which are, you know, once you get past the way of books for first edition, are kind of a monotonous, really dark, <laughs> yeah. mostly black when they're on your shelf. So now this is a little extra piece of color for my my L5R shelf. The, the graphic design and the layout uh, and the editing are all pretty good. I think the the Kakita school maybe is a big mess. And like, if you're going to be that school, you like you have to go online and look at the Errata because it completely changes the first. I think the first level, the first rank of the school, it's got like wrong techniques listed. But I think that was really the only botch that they they rolled on their editing check. I don't know. So what are your what are your overall thoughts on on fifth I guess fifth edition L5R?
1: Uh yeah, I I pretty much agree with you. I like I like what they've done with it. I like that they've really taken a lot of the things from the earlier editions that made it feel flavorful and even more so. Like yeah, with the rings, it used to be, "Oh, I've got my fire ring which is made up of of physical and a mental." And now it's just You just have a fire, and that's how you apply it, and that feels even better. And I do like how they've combined the roll and keep with their fancy dice system in an interesting way. Again, that old roll and keep, it was just, I roll a bunch of dice, I take the best numbers, we're done. Whereas this, you really do actually have to give a little thought to. How well do I want to succeed at this versus how much strain I get under for doing it? So, I like it.
0: (laughs) And uh, the first, you know, normal supplement has been announced. That's Emerald Empire. That's going to have a lot of fine-grained detail on the social background uh, if you want it course for for new players it'll be all new stuff. For old players it'll be us scrambling through to try to figure out what's different. If anything, exactly I, it, yeah. Things will be different, but who knows. That is going to have the Imperial families and schools in it, if I'm not mistaken. So I expect that we will see the other families and schools and then more stuff for Ronin. I think there's like one Ronin option in the core book. We'll probably see more of those The core book includes four schools for each of the great clans. They have four or up to six, I think, families, depending on which clan it is, but there's four schools, and it is, as one might expect, a Bushi school, a courtier school, a Shugenja school, and then something different. You know, the monk for dragon, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing, an artisan for the crane, ninja for the scorpion. I expect more of this to be dribbled out, right? If you follow Fantasy Flight's role-playing games. You should expect to find interesting mechanical concept dribbled out across expansions, right? They are not a company that's going to produce the here's the Minor Clan book with all of the Minor Clan stuff in it, so you can just buy this one book and then never have to buy another book again if you just want to play Minor Clan Samurai. (laughs) It's not how they work.
1: No, no, it is not. But that's okay. Uh, but, But
0: like I said, Emerald Empire will be the first one, and that was one of the most useful supplements for 3rd Edition and one of the most useful supplements for 4th Edition. They were honestly not that different for 3rd or 4th Edition, so 4th Edition was kind of just an update. But this one is not just going to be the same world, so we'll we'll see how how much different things are for that. So we've been talking about the Legend of the Five Rings role-playing game, 5th Edition from Fantasy Flight. Available now are the beginner game and the core rulebook and the gm kit if you've got a group of people that is brand new to this i really like the test of the topaz champion which is used in the beginner game as a way to get people well familiarized with both the mechanics of the game and some of the nuances of the setting you would go from that adventure in the beginner game to a Palace of the Emerald Champion which is a free download and then you can smoothly transition from that into the adventure that is included with the GM kit which uh, I think is a, a very well established adventure like it's, it's got investigation in a way where there's enough threads out there that you can actually rely on the players being able to figure it out. Not, Not in the same way every time but you know They're going to be able to figure it out. It's not one of these where, like, there's one hidden clue, and if the players can't figure out this one thing, then you're going to stand there staring at each other at the table for an hour until you finally just give up and be like, look, guys, why don't you do X? (laughs) Yes. Otherwise, we're never going anywhere.
1: Yeah. Roll for a DM hint.
0: Hint, hint. <laughs> roll roll, it, roll intelligence, please. Does someone have an intelligence standard?
1: <laughs> who, who has a good insight score they want to roll to get some insight on what you guys should be doing right now?
0: <laughs> you realize that there's a key under the mat. Anyhow, so that's kind of your starting point. Of course, if you're a veteran to Legend of the Five Rings, do whatever the heck you want. Make up your own stuff. Go to town. Uh, but... I think we can safely say that we heartily recommend giving the new version of the Legend of the Five Rings role-playing game a try if you are either an experienced uh, L5R player or if you are sitting there thinking, I've never done L5R before, this is probably the best place to get into it, right? I, I think it is going to give you a more distinctive experience than than you would have gotten hopping into one of the prior versions, as much as I liked those. So stick around. Next episode, you will probably get a discussion of Vampire the Masquerade because they have recently released the Camarilla and Anarch books. But in the meantime, feel free to visit our website. We're www.strangeassembly.com. There's a lot of material there, including a lot of role-playing game reviews. And if you want, you can find out more information on all of the products we've talked about today. The Core Book, the Game Master's Kit, the Beginner Game. Heck, you can go back and read what I thought about the beta version when it first came out. You can also subscribe to this podcast there. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can subscribe in Spotify. You can go into the Google Play Music Store. I understand that no one actually subscribes to podcasts in anywhere but iTunes, really, or like 95% of it, but we're all, we are on those other things. Uh, Don't forget that if you would like to be entered in our giveaway for this delightful copy of Dungeons & Dragons Art & Arcana, A Visual History, one of the ways that you can do that is by leaving us a review or pointing to an existing review that you left before on iTunes, and sending me an email. I'm chris at strangeassembly.com I'm uh, always happy to hear from you on any subject, but you know, contests, we don't do those often here, now we get to have one. You can also enter the contest if you are you will automatically be entered in the contest if you are supporting us on Patreon, so if you go to find Strange Assembly on Patreon we are there to back and you can support our Podcasting and the written content and our ability to go to things like Gen Con and PAX Unplugged. You can also hit us up on the usual social media. We are at StrangeAssembly on Twitter, Facebook.com StrangeAssembly, and StrangeAssembly on Instagram. But I know I mentioned it a moment ago in the giveaway context, but don't forget that I am Chris at Strange Assembly, so you can hit me up about your comments, your criticisms, your feedback. Always like to hear from you. But until then, for J. Earl, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming. Role play with the fortunes. We've got a new one.